This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 16th of June. In your squiz today, AEMO acts on energy supply, raising the minimum wage, the World Health Organization will rename the monkeypox virus, and get set for real-life squid games. This is your squiz today. AEMO, the Australian energy market operator, has taken the unprecedented step of shutting down the spot market to ensure the supply of power to the national electricity market. It means we're diving into the world of energy supply and markets first thing in the morning, but it's essentially (laughs) a fairly drastic action to ensure there's enough power for households on the east and southeastern coasts of Australia in the midst of this energy crisis. Now, Claire, if we're getting our bearings, we best... First, cover off the role of AEMO and what makes up the national electricity market. Yeah, look, I like to nerd out every now and then, but even (laughs) the electricity market has me feeling a little bit glazed over. So let's just go through it step by step and stay pretty high level. Um, AEMO is the Australian Energy Market Operator. It's an independent government organisation and it's like a traffic controller. It essentially monitors the electricity that's consumed in most of the nation and the supply from the power generators, and it controls that through the national electricity market. That market covers five interconnected states, so Queensland, New South Wales, the ACT, South Australia, Victoria and Tasmania. Uh, Essentially, it's like any market. It involves a whole heap of players for the electricity market. That's the power generators, those who distribute and transmit the power, and those who sell it to us, the consumers. And as for the power generators, they're companies like AGL, Origin Energy and Energy Australia. So just quickly, as we said, we're trying to keep it top level. Those are the players. And then what's happened is that IEMO has suspended the spot market. They're wanting to create a simpler process to keep track of energy generators during these what are being called turbulent times. Yeah, so what's happened is that there's not enough supply of electricity and what AEMO has tried to do earlier this week is to cap prices and then to push those power generators to supply more. As we've got into the week and it's got colder across that east and southeast of Australia, they say that they need to take control of the market to ensure that there's not widespread blackouts. Those who follow it very closely say that it is unprecedented and extraordinary. In the meantime, consumers are being urged to conserve energy where possible. I think we've covered it off this morning, Claire, but I do sense a shortcut in our future on the energy market. I reckon you're probably right. From energy to economic matters, we seem to go between them quite often these days. The Australian Fair Work Commission has raised the minimum wage by 5.2%. From July 1, it'll be $21.38 an hour. Yep, very light and breezy this morning. So the minimum (laughs) wage will increase by 5.2%. Of course, when we look at inflation, that's the index of the price of goods and services. It's gone up by 5.1% over the previous year. So the idea is 
means that the lowest paid Australians will be able to get ahead of inflation. Uh, What experts say, though, is that with the Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe saying on Tuesday night that inflation is set to hit 7% at some point in the next year, real wages won't go up for workers uh, as we look at what's coming down the line. Yeah, it's not the last time we'll likely be talking about this, but the move to raise the minimum wage was welcomed by the unions and Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. But business groups have warned that the increase could put businesses under more stress. Consumer group choice has revealed that major chains like Bunnings, Kmart and The Good Guys are using facial recognition technology on customers, mostly without their knowledge. It's something that choice says is completely inappropriate and unnecessary. Yeah, and they're calling for an investigation as well as clearer regulations to protect consumers. When you look at what some stores do, uh, they do put discrete signs outside their stores and they do have information in their online privacy policies, but choices that that's not nearly enough for consumers to be adequately informed. What they do with this biometric data, Bunning says, is that they capture people's faces, they then store them in a database and they use it for theft and antisocial purposes. Others say that they use it for targeting advertising while you're in store. Choice wants the companies to be investigated for potential breaches of the Privacy Act and has called for clear regulations to protect consumers. On to health news now. As monkeypox spreads, the World Health Organization has announced that they'll be renaming the virus. There are concerns that its name is discriminatory and that it invites stigma and racism. Yeah, the concern is that this virus has spread from Africa and it's infected more than 1,400 people worldwide. Usually diseases are named after the location uh, or the animal that it was first linked to that detection. Uh, and scientists say that that can become quite misleading and inaccurate. Uh, So there's going to be an emergency meeting held on Wednesday next week. They're going to have a talk about uh, not only the name, but whether this should be considered a global health emergency. They are confident that the virus won't grow into a pandemic, but are wary that it's spreading in unusual ways. Dr Tedros, the World Health Organization boss, says he's looking for a coordinated response to stop the spread. Message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So, cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. It's not often territorial disputes end peacefully, so it's only right we take a moment to remark on the end of Canada and Denmark's squabbles over Hans Island. It's a warfare that's involved dueling flags and bottles of booze, Claire. (laughs) And a little bit less friendly than that too. Uh, It's actually seen (laughs) frigates being dispatched. That happened in the 2000s. Mm. Uh, It also became quite a big issue in Canadian politics where there was a bit of muscling up and wanting to be strong when it came to dealing with the Danish. Uh, What it's about is a maritime boundary that was drawn in the Arctic in 1973. The line went straight through the middle of Hans Island. On one side of the line was Canada. Uh, On 
the other was Greenland, which is an autonomous territory of Denmark, and the two have been squabbling ever since. Uh, Over the years, Danish troops planted their flag and left a bottle of booze on the island to claim it. Uh, The Canadians responded by taking away the booze, uh, dropping off their own whiskey and hoisting their own flag. So it's been a bit of a thing. Denmark gets 60% of the island and Canada gets the rest. International maps will actually have to be redrawn over this. So, yeah, it's not too insignificant, even for a small island. It's only 800 metres wide. Now, if you are a fan of the Netflix hit Squid Games, then listen up. You could soon have the chance to play for real, but with a few key differences, Claire. Yep, probably the main one is that you won't (laughs) die if you lose the game. So that's a good thing. You won't be shot by a faceless person in a pink suit. So uh, that is a really good thing, I guess, when it comes to a reality show. Uh, There's going to be 456 players, just like the Squid Game. They're vying for $4.56 million. Uh, You can apply if you want to. They're looking for English-speaking players. I really love Squid Game, but I'd be way too terrified to do it (laughs) even if I know that I'm going to stay alive. Yeah, I mean, reality TV is pretty terrifying in and of itself. It'll be the largest cast in reality TV history. I'll pop the link in your episode notes if, uh, if you're keen to take a look. Before we go, Claire, this week's shortcut with the Murraguppin family going back to Belo this week, we thought we would take a look at Australia's most high profile asylum seeker case. You know what? We wrote a fair bit of this shortcut last year when they were moved mm. up from Christmas Island to Perth, but we didn't get around to actually doing that one. So we've updated it. There was a fair bit to update on because, of course, with the change of government means that they've been able to get a bridging visa and go back to Biloela. So we've updated all of that, but it's got all the background about how it started. Yeah. So if you want the context to what's been popping up in the news a lot, this will have you sorted in about 12 minutes as always search for squiz shortcuts in your podcasting app that's all from us have a good one we'll be back with you tomorrow g'day i'm kate watson co-host of news club news club this week was an interview with lauren sams she's the fashion editor at the australian financial review she's all over the business of fashion and retail so i pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra fast fashion in particular businesses like timu and Shein, who in australia alone are on track to record more than two billion dollars in sales here's a clip from that conversation what is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.